Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. Hello again, everyone, and welcome back to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo, as always, joined by Joe Resinello. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. As always, we ask you to download the app, the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app, so that you could have access to all of our station's content, not just the front line with Joe and Joe. And hey, if you like what we do, we have our uh, social media show where we go live Monday nights at 9 o'clock Eastern Time, and you can find us primarily right now until they kick us off, uh, The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube, The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube. Uh, please like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff. And today we're very pleased and honored to be joined by Dave Plisky. And we're going to be discussing a DeSales Media study in partnership with Vinia Research. One in five devout Catholics are uncomfortable sharing their faith. Now, Joe Resinello, I think that's an important topic, and that's why we have Dave today. I'll be honest with you. Important, something maybe we could shed a little bit of light on, maybe uh, educate our our audience, get educated ourselves. Dave, we like to say on the show, Joe and I learn as much from our guests as our audience uh, does. Now, Dave Plisky, some of you uh, may know him, having said that, a brief bio. uh, Dave is the Director of Product and Innovation and Head of the Sales Tech, where he leads a software and services team focused on modernizing the church through products and services that together create a communications hub for diocese, parishes, schools, and ministries. Uh, Through special projects like the study on intentional disciples, Dave uh, helps the sales use the contemporary gifts the Holy Spirit has given us to drive Catholics to put their faith into action. Dave and his wife reside in Weston, Connecticut. Dave Plisky, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe, brother. Thank you so much for having me, guys. It's great to be here. Absolutely. It's great to have you. With that, I'm going to hand it over to Joe Resinello. Dave, we always start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency, hear and answer us. Amen. Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I think a good place to start, Dave, is tell us a little bit about the sales media um, and how this study came about. I think that's the foundational, uh, you know, conversation, and then we'll kind of branch from that. Absolutely. So DeSales Media uh, is in the Diocese of Brooklyn. We serve in a number of ways. We do news, we do uh, marketing and different agency services, <laughs> we do education stuff for Catholic schools in the area, um, and we do, uh, m- most importantly for me, the technology piece. So we basically uh, sell 
and support and do success management for you know uh, schools, parishes, uh, dioceses, ministries. And what we do is we we provide them with modern communications technology. So stuff like website content management systems, uh, email. Uh, uh, giving platforms, um, even modern telephone services, things like that. So we're we're trying to modernize the communications technology uh, uh, that that the church that the institutional church uses. Um, and so to that end, um, you know, so all of this stuff is what we call B two B work, right? Business to business type of stuff. Us serving the institutional church, helping helping them have the tools they need to then in turn serve their constituents, which are you know the faithful, the parishioners, families, whatever. Um, the, the problem is we would love to be able to serve Catholics directly as well. We would, we would love to be able to reach all of the faithful who we are not necessarily serving already uh, via, you know, the parishes and schools and so forth that we serve. And so we asked ourselves, well, how do we do that? So if I could take a, a minute here, I, I'm a marketer by trade. I've done marketing my whole my whole career. Um, and so I, I look at the church through a marketing lens. And, you know, like, like you said, we are – the sales' mission is to to drive Catholics to put their faith in action. What does that What does that really mean? That means that means discipleship, basically, right? Like that that's what discipleship is all about. And I look at the discipleship. I look at discipleship and the path toward discipleship the same way I look at the marketing funnel, which basically describes the journey of a consumer from not even knowing about a product or a brand down to becoming you know, a loyal customer, right? That it starts with, you, are you guys familiar with this? Is, is it worth spending a minute? No, do it, do yes, it. Yes, please. Yes. Okay, great. So it starts with awareness, right? So you, you go from a, a person who's not even aware that, that this product or brand exists, and then you let them know through promotion and so forth, they they enter the funnel. It's, it's a funnel shape because we recognize that uh, there are fewer and fewer people in each stage as we move down through it. So then <clears throat> from awareness, you start to educate the consumer about the brand or product, and now they are into this consideration phase, right? Uh, if, if we continue with them, then we've hopefully eventually asked them to make the purchase, and they convert. It is called conversion, in, even in marketing. Uh, and uh, and it's, that's not enough. That's great. We got the purchase, but it's not enough. We actually want them to become a loyal customer. That's why we have loyalty programs. So now <clears throat> we have this person who is hopefully making repeat purchases. Maybe there's even a relationship with this person between them and the brand. Um, but what we really ultimately want to drive them to become is what we call a brand advocate. This is the person who is so on fire for that brand, who, who just loves it so much they can't help talking about it with all their friends, who, and they in turn generate awareness, bringing people into the top of the funnel themselves. This is, you know, a great example is like the Harley Davidson guy with, the, with like the logo on his arm, right, tattooed, because he's just that into you know, his bike or whatever. So what does that sound like? To me, it sounds a lot like intentional disciples, missionary disciples who are so on fire for the Lord, they can't help but, but you know, spread the joy of the gospel in, in, every, in every way that they interact with people. And that's who brings people into the top of the funnel. So the funnel being, you know, the, the, the funnel of discipleship, you know, the, our relationship with the Lord. So if that's true, then those intentional disciples are real as devout Catholics are a really, really important segment of the population. And that's who we want to focus on. So we asked ourselves the question, what is what does their spiritual journey look like? And what are their unmet needs? <clears throat> what are the unmet needs of those people? And that's what the study sought to answer. 
Joe, let me ask you this. Dave Plisky is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe Davis with DeSales Media. He is the director of product and innovation um, and head of DeSales Tech. And we're discussing the, uh, this particular uh, study, uh, one in five devout Catholics, uncomfortable with sharing their faith. But now you're talking about people who are, who are so on fire. They're very comfortable sharing their faith. This shouldn't be foreign to us. We see it every day in our free enterprise system. You uh, you get a new razor, okay? Then all of a sudden, you know, a, a guy like me who shaves my head, uh, for, for those of you who can't see me out there at Radio Land, I've shaved my head. Um, and I say, wow, this is great. And I immediately tell all my bald friends about it. I say, <laughs> hey, guys, I found the greatest new razor. And I'm very comfortable doing that. Even though they might be comfortable in the razor they've been using for the last 30 years. I'm going somewhere with this, okay? Why? Why the reluctance, do you think, Dave? Now, I will say, I want to give you my point of view. Um, in my experience, I was talking to Joe about this before you before the show, and I want to see if maybe you can unpack this a little bit. I'm very comfortable sharing the faith. I'm not a preachy person. I'm not going to just get right up in somebody's face and say, hey, you need to become Catholic. I don't think that's a good approach. Mm -hmm. All right. But when I'm asked, I try, number one, I try to live a Catholic life and everybody knows that I'm Catholic. OK. And when I'm asked about it, then I'm very comfortable with saying, yes, Jesus Christ is Lord. He was raised. Mm -hmm. I didn't have I didn't have that. I, I couldn't talk to an atheist challenging me about Catholicism right. or, an, or a Muslim or a right. Jew or a Protestant, okay? Now I can, okay, through reading, through experience, through listening to a lot of people. Um, I had a fear because I didn't have the, the the knowledge, the depth of knowledge I think needed to go out and be that intentional disciple. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so, so I want to say two things. One is this number would actually be a great number, I think, if this was just all Catholics, if we, if we were talking about all Catholics. But because this study specifically honed in on devout Catholics, you know, those who we might call intentional disciples, if for those people to be uncomfortable, even one in five to be uncomfortable, that's too many to me. So, um, but instead of, instead of my guess, I, we actually asked what, what are, uh, you know, the, actually what we said was what holds you back from sharing your faith with others? And so we asked about the barriers to evangelization. Here's what we found. So the number one uh, answer, 62% of respondents said that it was situational appropriateness. The next, uh, next most common response was lack of confidence, followed by lack of knowing how to start conversations, not wanting to offend, and finally, lack of experience. So, and that, to your point, you know, it, it is difficult. It's, it's uncomfortable, right? At times when you, when you know that the, the, the kind of secular society and culture that we live in uh, kind of tell us this is, this is uh, unpopular uh, and, and maybe even ridiculed at times. Um, but, but, you know, the more we do it, the more we get that experience and, and a little bit more, um, you know, confidence uh, in doing so, I think that that can be overcome. They know what I know what it is. I always say to people, you know, um, everyone wants to be invited to the barbecue. That's the example I've always used when it comes to stuff like this. It's never going to be comfortable. I mean, <clears throat> I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, you know, I'm I'm older than you. I'm 52 years old. I've had many as as all 52 year old men. You have different chapters in your life, um, and I'm not waving the Joe Resinello flag, but like, I was a very popular guy. <laughs> like, like I'm I'm not anymore. I'm just being honest with you. Like in high school, I had the cool friends. In college, I lived in the cool house. I was that guy. I'm not anymore because I made a choice. Like that is part of discipleship. You know what I'm saying? St. Paul had the good job. I'm not comparing myself to St. Paul, but I'm just using St. Paul. St. Paul was a big shot. 
He stopped being a big shot. They started throwing stones at him. He was the guy throwing the stones. We have to be willing to get out of the boat. And like, that's why, like, I'll be honest, you know, when Carrie sent us this interview, I saw this, this stat. I said, holy crap, you know, like devout Catholics are uncomfortable. Who's going to do it then? You know, I mean, we got to do it. Like your, your thoughts on that. No, that this is exactly why I want to share this study. You know, we we have to motivate the, the these people. If you if you consider if you're listening right now and you consider yourself a devout Catholic, ask yourself, am I this person who shies away from sharing my faith when it's when it's appropriate? Just, like you said, Joe, I'm not saying shout it out to people. We're not proselytizing here. That doesn't work, right? We know we know that turning people off is not going to be an effective method of sharing anything. But but when it's appropriate. When the turn, when the conversation allows for it, uh, you know, are, are you being proactive? And that's, by the way, the other, that's the, the the next stat I want to kind of get to is not only are one in five uncomfortable talking about their faith, only 52% are moderately or extremely proactive in sharing their faith with others. So there's an uncomfortability that leads to a, a, a lack of proactivity. Yeah. I, one of the things that you said about the study, Dave Flisky, is the the situational appropriate uh, uh, appropriateness. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would say that I, I would say that it, it's it's hard sometimes to find the right moment. I usually try, and hopefully this is helpful to people out there. I have spoken to many people about the faith, at least in terms of a general conversation. If nothing else, Joe and I are big fans of planting seeds. Okay, plant the seed, plant the seed. No, not not Catholics. Devout Catholics don't have you know snakes coming out of their head, and and then we're crazy people like from another planet. No, we actually believe in very reasonable you know uh, there, there's a reasonable basis for for our belief i find the situational appropriateness to be a, an obstacle mm-hmm. i usually wait for somebody to ask a question hey you're catholic and boom the door's mm-hmm. open mm-hmm. You, you know what i mean like soon as somebody even remotely goes there and again it's not like again you're right up in their face oh yeah i'm catholic what was your question Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, would you have a question about abortion? Do you have a question about gay marriage? Do you have you, like, and then they'll have a question that could lead to further questions, further questions, yeah. and a more in-depth conversation where you could really plant that seed, hopefully somewhat deep. But I will agree. I would be one of those people that says finding the right because you know when you're working or whatever the case may be in the workplace, th- things are very difficult. But I would say when the opportunity arises, particularly when somebody expresses an interest, you should be all over that. We as de- yeah. Devalka, we should be all over that and be ready to answer those questions and challenge other people to, you know, with, with our worldview. Absolutely. And when those questions come up or whether they're questions or not, let's really listen. I mean, you know, listening is that first big step toward accompaniment, whether they're on the path or, or not yet, you know, and, and I also, like you said, what you said about you know, planting the seed, because that allows, allows room for the Holy Spirit to do the work, right? The, the, there has to be that, that trust that God will, will, uh, you know, be, get involved in, in some way. Um, that being said, um, the heart, the harder work is the, is the farming, right? Like we got, we got to continue to till that soil. It can't just be planting seeds and walking away, right? As the sower, the parable of the sower would tell us. No, no. I, and, and, and I, that probably would be a, a more of a challenge, I think, but, but the very least we need to be planting the seeds. And like you said, the Holy spirit might guide that person back to you or might guide that person to somebody else who's going to continue the work of, of, of the farming. But either way, I think it's incumbent upon us, uh, you know, uh, to say, to, 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 to do, in fact, plant that seed. Dave Plisky is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're discussing this study, the sales media study, one in five devout Catholics, un- 
comfortable sharing their faith. Joe Resinello. Dave, also in the study, 3,200 people declared, declaring basically that their faith is central to their lives, basically desire more formation in the area of evangelization. That basically says to me that they need to be formed a little bit better. I think that's a central, like we talk to a lot of people, we discuss this in, you know, basically different capacities, but I think that's a problem, a pervasive issue, particularly in the American Catholic Church. I could use myself again as an example. I was always Catholic. I went to Catholic high school. I went to Catholic college. I went to Catholic graduate school. I did not know how to pray the rosary. I'm just going to be honest. I did not know how to pray the rosary. I taught myself. I also learned just about everything I know from reading on my own. I look back at the theology courses that I had to take in high school, as well as two semesters in college, and I'll be truthful with you. I can't remember anything that stuck with me to this point in time. That's sad. And my parents were not rich. They sacrificed to no end to send me to those schools. That is sad. And I'm not bashing the church, but what I am saying is that's a message, and your study points this out too. That this is like, and, and this is kind of where I'm going with this. Bishops and priests have to look at data like this. And this is why I think your company is so important. And they got to do something about it. You see, the world does this. They are very intentional. You're a marketer. You know the deal. I work in business. Nothing is unintentional. Nothing is wasted. All statements are to a point to get to a place. We have to think like that. Talk about that. Because to be honest with you, what I just said is just a fact. Catholics don't know their faith, and that's a reason why maybe they're not as comfortable as artic to, to articulate it. A hundred percent. And I'm with you, by the way. I, I didn't go to I didn't go to Catholic school. I, I was a I, I you know grew up in the faith and went to CCD, so I had religious education through the parish. Uh, but it's the same thing for me. I taught myself the Rosary once <laughs> at some point much later on. Uh, you know, it, it, it's and by the way, so we're talking. The fact of the matter is, we all need ongoing formation. That's that is just the simple truth, and I think it's particularly true for those of us who are the most devout. And I, I don't think that's uh, I don't really think that's an oxymoron or or a uh, I I I think those go together because the people who are um, who are the most who are these leaders, right? These lay leaders that we find in the Catholic Church, those are the ones who are in turn forming others when they lead their ministries and, and, and so forth. So if they are not being on, you know, formed in an ongoing way to, to you know, be deeper disciples of Christ and understand the faith, it's, it's not just catechesis, it's also evangelism. That's the other problem, by the way. So when I was growing up, uh, you know, I, we were so focused as a church on sacramentalization, getting people to sacraments, and whatever catechesis was involved in helping in helping you know children basically understand what that meant. That there was no relationship formed with the person Jesus Christ. I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus uh, through all my years of religious education. That evangelization was just not a focus. And so this stat that you're, that you're quoting, that 76% are moderately or are, or extremely interested. 76% of devout Catholics are moderately or extremely interested in developing evangelization skills. I think, so I, I take this to be a good, a good indicator that, that at least three quarters recognizes that there's a lot of, there's room for growth here. Um, but also recognizing that 
evangelization is not the whole ticket. That is that is a but a piece of of a of a well formed uh, Catholic individual. I will say this, uh, being that you know the sales media is based in Brooklyn, one of the things I found invaluable. I mean, like I told you before the show, show Dave, I'm a Jersey boy. Joe's a Jersey boy, um, but when I got married in 2013, my wife. Uh, was living in Brooklyn. She was finishing graduate school, whatever. So I lived in Brooklyn for three years and um, watched Brooklyn TV. And one of the things I stumbled on, you're probably familiar with, is Net TV, um, which I think is, I can't tell you how much I learned from Net TV. Again, only, I mean, not only ahead, is, am, I, am I familiar with Net TV, Net TV is a product of the sales media. That's all. Uh, <laughs> and and I, I should have said it like that. I, I apologize. <laughs> but, I, but I'm serious. I, I, I learned so much. I, was st I, I stumbled upon Net TV. One one time I couldn't sleep. It was three o'clock in the morning, and I'm flicking through, and I I see this guy who's a very charismatic uh, uh, speaker, and 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 is very articulate, and he's talking to this parish full of, of parishioners. Turns out to be at the time Father Robert Barron, um, and then from there I started listening to him more. Uh, uh, you had other great shows on there. Bishop Caggiano, first time I ever heard of Bishop Caggiano who sits on the board of Veritas Catholic Network. Okay, good. Now that he's a, he was the auxiliary bishop in Brooklyn. All right. these great priests and, uh, and 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 lay people in the church and I was like, "Yes, yeah, like and, and it helped me so much and you know, at that time and and learned so much. It's so important. I just wanted to throw that out there." Uh so we're talking with Dave Plisky. You're at the front line with Joe and Joe. Dave, let me ask you this. So one of the other key findings in the study uh include a, an expressed need for growth in the areas of humility, okay, uh, taking up your cross and performing spiritual works of mercy. Now, again, I say to myself sometimes, how do I pick up my, Jesus said, you got to pick up your cross. He didn't give you an option. Okay. So you got to pick up your cross. A lot of people don't know what that means. <clears throat> how does the church teach us those things that we could do to take up our cross? And how does that relate to the study? Yeah. So I think, um, one of the, we have let's think about what makes us different as Christians and as Catholics to uh, you know people who are not. Um, I think what, one of those differences that we dis, that we decide in in the decision to be Christian is to understand that life is hard to be doing this type of thing to to embrace some type of uh, suffering that we might be having and 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 offering it to God and saying, you know. I I made I I don't I'm never going to fully understand with the wisdom that you have God you know what this is but I but I ask you to to bless it to somehow um uh use it use me uh you know in your plan um and 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 somehow accept that as as part of what God is is offering ultimately for something greater right that that's one way to think about you know taking up your cross I think do you you mentioned uh you know sacramentalizing earlier okay mm -hmm. but having said that once you once you've established or you're trying to educate people about the need to have a per have to have the relationship with jesus joe and i do always say and i'm sure you would agree but then where, this, where we believe the sacraments come in is it deep the sacraments obviously with the grace deepens that relationship expands that relationship with christ so that you can go out and mm -hmm. and perform uh not just spiritual works of mercy but obviously also corporal works of mercy. Um, and, uh, you know, so obviously prayer, Joe mentioned the rosary before. Um, so yeah, so th th thank you for that, Joe. I just wanted to, Joe, I want to just continue sure. for one second. Okay. Only because, you know, I'm, I'm looking at some of these findings in the study, Dave Plisky joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, the study also expressed a, a need for, uh, retreats, 
uh, spiritual direction. Interestingly enough, I'm looking um, for a spiritual director right now. I have not had one, but I do have a desire to talk to somebody in the church to help me in this way. Um, and the importance, and this is, you know, Joe Resinello always hammers this home on the show, the importance of confession. Um I know that's a little bit broad, Dave Plisky. We got about four minutes or so before the break, but you start on that. Yeah. Um, so on retreat. So one of the one of the major sections of the study that we that we asked uh, our our devout Catholics about was their level of strength across a whole bunch of different uh, areas. I think we broke the we essentially broke the faith down into twenty seven areas uh, that spanned all across. Uh, you know, interior fruits, interior life, sacramental life, expressive fruits, etc. Um, and one of those interior life. Uh, pieces is going on retreat. And we asked them, what is your level of strength in each of these areas? And what is your need for growth in each of these areas? And going on retreat, 56% of respondents said that they had no, no level of strength going on retreat. Another 24% said they had little level of strength going on retreat. So I mean, combined, that's an 80%. 80% of respondents said that basically they are rarely if ever going on retreat. And yet we we heard that 26% uh, respondents said that they had a medium need for growth, 30% had a high need for growth in this area. So more than 50% recognizing that there's that there's a need for growth, which is great. So what what's the takeaway here? I think it's pretty obvious. Please look up some retreat centers in your area and 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 give them a call you know uh, a lot of people are are have some a little bit of time off during the holidays this might be a really good time for not just uh, rest and relaxation but also some some time with the lord uh you know away so that's that's the retreat piece um we could also talk about spiritual direction. You mentioned uh, I, I actually um, got a spiritual direction for the first time this year. Uh, I was it was one of those things. You know, to me, the way I know that the Holy Spirit is working in my life is when I start to see a confluence of the same type of thing cropping up uh, in different areas, right? So, you know, uh, I'm I'm reading about it. Someone someone's talking about spiritual direction, and then <laughs> this all came to a head. I was I was in confession, and my priest at the end of it says, "You need a spiritual director." <laughs> I was like, "All right, well, that's." Pretty Pretty clear. Thank you, God, for that. Um, but I asked him, "Does that mean? Does that mean that you're offering?" Because I had actually been looking for one for a while already, and it's really hard to find one. I find I, I'm finding. And he said, uh, "Well, let me know if you can't find one." Is what he said. But this is a pastor. We know that. I mean, I I would feel so guilty asking most pastors or even priests that are not pastors that I know because we know how overwhelmed they are. They're just yes. they're just so busy, right? They don't have they don't have the time for this. Not that they don't want to or aren't capable, but they don't have the time. And so we asked this question, you know, are you currently receiving or have ever received spiritual direction? 20% of respondents are currently receiving spiritual direction. Remember, this is the most devout Catholics that we're, that we're you know, uh, conducting the survey with. So if only 20% are currently receiving spiritual direction of the most devout Catholics, I can only guess that very few other Catholics are, right? This is, this is, this is a low number. Only 33% have ever received it in the past. And 48% have never received spiritual direction. So we tr so we asked why. Um, and this is, you know, to your point, Joe. So uh, we broke this down by, between those who have and those who have not. So of those who have not received spiritual direction, the number one response of why was, I don't know how to find someone for spiritual direction. And the second most common response was, I do not really understand spiritual direction. Of those who have received spiritual direction in the past, Still, the number one response was, I don't know how to find someone for spiritual direction. That's 
crazy. So clearly, I, I think there's a demand and supply problem here. I think people do not know how to how to do this um, in their in their lives. Is that is that I, what I you're wanna, finding? Uh, yeah, I, Dave, I want to just stop there for a second because we do have to take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk about confession right at the top, and then I'll hand it over to Joe. Um, but I'm glad you, underneath what you're saying is that there is a distinction to be made. This is it. Spiritual direction is not just setting aside an hour to go talk to your pastor about a thing that's going on. And although that may be very important, and that's what the pastor is there for. But realizing, like I'm talking to a priest right now, spiritual direction is something he's discerning and he's willing to, to talk to me, okay, and help me out. This is not just going there and just saying, hey, I got a problem and blah, blah. Spiritual direction is, is a serious matter. That's why I think it's hard to find a priest because let me, let's take a quick break at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network. You're joined by, uh, we're being joined by Dave Plisky. We're discussing the DeStales Media Study. One in five devout Catholics uncomfortable sharing their faith. Dave, when we come back, we'll pick up uh, where we left off and we'll just go to confession real quick. Uh, so we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Where there's Catholic radio, the folks who listen deepen their faith. Families are strengthened. Parishes and communities flourish. So let people know you're listening to Veritas. Tell your friends to tune in and let's make an impact here for Jesus and his church. This is Steve Lee for Veritas Catholic Network. Welcome back, everyone, to The Frontline with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. We are way in the breach with Dave Plisky of DeSales Media. Um, and DeSales has recently issued a study um, that one in five devout Catholics are uncomfortable sharing their faith. So, Dave, at the end, we were talking about retreats. We were talking about uh, spiritual direction. Let's talk about the importance of confession. Yeah. So another area where we identified uh, little to no level of strength. Um, so... In terms of regularly going to confession, our respondents reported 23% said no level of strength. So nearly a quarter of the most devout Catholics do not go to confession is what I'm getting getting from that. That's insane. That is insane. Like, that like because you see, when I was a kid, um, you know, and I was born, you know, after Vatican II, obviously, uh, I could remember there was confession before every single mass. I went to a parish and still go to the same parish. I just say went because the pastor passed away who used to do it. Same deal. Confession was front and center. Confession and receiving the Eucharist go hand in hand. Like they go hand in hand. That's a layup. And this is the thing. I'll be honest with you, David, frustrates the heck out of me. We have the best game in town, the Catholic Church. We have Jesus, the sacraments. That's what makes the Catholic Church the Catholic Church. Jesus, as in the true presence. We just don't use what we've been given. I just bang my head against the wall. The whole world changes tomorrow. If every American baptized Catholic goes to confession regularly and receives the Eucharist in a state of grace. Boom, 50% of our problems disappear, 50%. And I sometimes say like, this is such a great study. Are we listening? Like as a church, like who's, you know, like, like this is again, what marketers do. Dave is putting it out there. Are we listening? And what are we doing about it? Comment on that. Cause I just say to myself, oh my goodness. Like we have everything and we just don't use it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, confession is, you know, so I think that in our modern parlance in society today, 
sin is just not some it's not it's not a word that we that we associate except for inside the church it feels it feels very ecclesial um and so i wonder if even the most devout catholics have a particular they just they, maybe they wonder like what what does this even really mean for me? I, so a priest friend of mine told me perhaps a, a helpful way to think about it is what are your insecurities or your shortcomings? Or you, maybe to just use a different word, substitute a different word in for sin so that you could just understand the concept a little more of, of what you what you should be talking about when you get there. But no, I think it is too. That's again a, a formational issue. Sin is very real. Um, clearly, you know, uh, you know, mortal sin is mortal sin. But, you know, if you want to grow in virtue, which we all do, you have to go to confession. And and here's the thing. Why am I saying this? I'm not a priest. You know, like, like this is my frustration. I, this is where this message has to come from the pulpit. It has to come from the bishops. Like, and, and confession shouldn't be like, like in Caddyshack, the caddies get to go into the pool from three o'clock to three fifteen on Saturday. Like it's, it, it shouldn't be just an hour or by appointment. Joe, let me, let me ask Dave a question uh, along the lines of what you're saying. Dave, sometimes I see it as a supply demand issue. Okay. I think the parish Joe mentioned, which I went to, uh, not as I wasn't a, a parishioner, but I did go there a number of times because they had confession before mass. They have confessions like that because the people in the parish, uh, expressed the need to have more confessions. And another parish I was going to did the Saturday afternoon from three to three thirty because quite frankly, nobody was going here in Arizona. I, I have to go an hour beforehand so I could get to work because I work nights on a Saturday because they have confession. Uh, let's say uh, one of the days they have confession is Saturdays at three, but I got to get there at two because the place gets packed because, and they have to have confession because people, they're, they're, they're not those people in the study that we're talking about. They see the need and they act on that need to go to confession. So I said, I'm going to be a little bit, I'm going to err on the side of it's not the church that's not offering the confession. It's, that that those in that parish are just not going. I mean, am, am I wrong in my assessment of that? I, I think that is true. I I also would push back against uh, Joe uh, about when you said that it needs to come from the pulpit. I I mean, I'm not against a, a a priest or a pastor, you know, saying in his homily, mentioning confession and the value of that. Of course, you know, I'm all for that. But these kinds of things. I mean, look, you, you mentioned post Vatican II. This is the this is the moment for the laity. We don't we don't need to wait for a priest to tell us to go to confession. We can get up and go do it on our own. I think this is related to another thing we found in the study. You mentioned this I think quickly earlier, which is which is a a a need for humility. So this is another area of particular low strength. Sixteen uh, percent said no level of of strength and humility. Fifty-five uh, percent said little level of strength and humility. So uh, combined, again, we, we're getting we're, we're over 70% of people, uh, little to no level of strength and humility, and a high need for growth. I think a lot of that comes to what you said, Dave, earlier about a personal relationship with God. I think one of the drivers that brings people to humility, we'll use that as an example, is the true presence of Christ. When you go to adoration and you sit before the Lord, that's how St. Francis came to know who he was. He said, who are you, Lord, and who am I? You realize this is God and I am not. I am flawed um, and I need you 
to, to be who you want me to be. I think adoration is the best tool for evangelization. Every parish that has adoration, the parish changes. In my town, uh, a family donated uh, a chapel. It's open Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. to 9 p.m., five days a week. That changes a parish. That changes a community. Adoration as a practice opens us up to that humility. But again, I think we, you talked about that funnel, that marketing funnel. I didn't know what adoration was until I was an adult. I went to Catholic school until I met the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal. I did not know what that was. We got to do a better job of showing people, get them in that funnel. How well, many... Okay, Joe. Please. Let me, Joe. Let me ask you this, uh, and I want I want to hand this over to Dave. Dave, your study, the De Sales Media study, is identifying the issues. Mm -hmm. But then I think to Joe's point, then then where are we at? I mean, uh, this is a very broad question. Um, what is the church? You said it's this is the time of the laity. Okay, I I would agree with that. Okay, we all need to step up as lay people in the church, um, and and you know just and and get the message out there. But what does the church do about when they look at the findings in your study and say, oh, we have an issue here. We have a number of issues here. Yeah. What is your, broadly speaking, your recommendation? I think there's a couple of different ways that this can happen. So um, each each one of us, first of all, needs to take a look at this, whether you participated, participated in the study or you didn't, just looking at it now as results, notice all these areas and ask yourself, where would I fall in the in this in this place, right? Ask, ask yourself, do I have a high level of strength or not in every one of these areas that we talked about? Do I have a high need for growth or not in each one of these areas? Confession, humility. Uh, retreats, spiritual direction, whatever it might be, um, and and say, you know, are are these areas that I could? And by the way, that's what spiritual direction is for. We kind of we didn't fully finish our thoughts on that one, but yeah, I mean, this is regularly seeing someone. It's almost like spiritual therapy. You know, you're 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 meeting usually monthly with someone who is going to be helping you through how you what steps you need to be taking to grow in discipleship. So so that's that's kind of the first thing I think is just a self-assessment. Where, where do I need to grow myself? The second is now that I can see what the spiritual journey looks like uh, and and I can break it down in, by 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 individual pieces, I as an individual and maybe as a leader of ministries or whatever you might be find yourself involved in a church, I can say, all right, where where else am I seeing other people who, and where are they in their journey? What do they need next? How can I accompany them in a in a meaningful way that's gonna that's gonna help them deeper into discipleship? And then, as a you know, as as an institutional church, um, yeah, look, the sales media did this um, not to not to go this alone. We're sharing all this data for free because I want to start this conversation. That's why I, that's why I wanted was so excited to talk to you guys, and and why I hope your listeners are excited too. Because look, I, I just want to start conversations. I think there's a lot of opportunity being uh, revealed here in this data, and so I hope that I hope that I hear from. Uh, you know, organizations and, and individuals, uh, Catholic far and wide, um, about how we might tackle these types of things and, and work on them together. Where can people get the uh, study? Yeah, they can. You can go to desalesmedia.org slash discipleship. So that's desales like St. Francis desales, D-E-S-A-L-E-S, media.org slash discipleship. You can download the entire report for free. 
Dave Plisky is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Racinello. We're way in the breach at the Veritas Catholic Network. We're discussing the DeSales Media Study. One in five devout Catholics are uncomfortable sharing their faith. Dave, I want your comments on something. We live in obviously a time where we're, now we always know Catholics know one thing that that others either don't know or don't recognize. All of human history is a spiritual battle. Okay, it's not a battle between uh, rich and poor. It's not a battle between men and women. It's not a battle between races. I don't care what Mark said and this one said. Okay, it is a spiritual battle. It's in the Catechism. Okay, in this spiritual battle. In the American context, I think it might be more appropriate to call it a culture war, kind of like the same thing for us, all right? Um, One thing I know is this. I'm encouraged when other Catholics I know are right up there as far as knowledge of the faith, the practice of the faith. Um, Your study is 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 encourages me but it's also eye-opening that we need to do even a much better job amongst other devout catholics because if we want to save the culture if we want to evangelize uh individuals to come into the church if we want to strengthen families if we want to save our country even on that level okay we need to get the political hat off and understand that what we're really involved with is a spiritual battle. I think your study helps us not only to see the problems out there or what's lacking in, let's say, Catholics in general amongst devout Catholics, but what's lacking in ourselves. This is a cause for self-reflection because you mentioned humility. We could get very prideful, Dave. I know I can. Let me speak for myself. Those, oh, I'm, I'm okay in that regard. I'm okay in that regard. I go to confession. I pray the rosary. No, 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 no. That humility. I'd like for you to comment on that because I think too many times what we're looking for is uh, political messiahs um, and and cultural shifts, which would be good. Cultural shift away from this culture of death, as John Paul II called it. But um, what's your view on that? Because I think we're looking too much more, too much towards the secular rather than the spiritual. If we want to do what's best for our nation, our families, and and all of that. I agree with you. But the 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 saints are people who were not perfect, right? These are these are still imperfect people. Uh, but what did they what did they all have in common? They acknowledged God's grace in their lives. They asked for His forgiveness, and and they said, "Okay, make of me an instrument for you, uh, flawed as though I flawed though I am, um, that I can that I can change the world around me in, in whatever small small way." And so, if we use this, if we take this as an example, and we think to ourselves, you know. Um, I, I don't, don't think of, don't ask yourself, what platform can I use? Start, start where you are, you know, start with whomever, you know, um, that that's why, that's what I mean about the, the missionary disciples among us, uh, becoming the brand advocate for our faith and talk and, and, and raising awareness with those around us. So if it's, if it's, if it's that, I think it's not easy, but it is simple. Meaning, uh, listen to people around you, listen to the people you talk to on a regular basis or a semi-regular basis and, and genuinely start to wonder, you know, what's driving this, uh, this, this particular thing they're talking about, (laughs) ask them questions about their worldview about their, you know, and, and it eventually will get to, uh, you know, to the spiritual, the spiritual realm. And only then can you start to unpack. I mean, look, we're, we're built for relationship. We have this, we have the need for communication. I think that accompaniment people, I, 
it may seem uncomfortable. I think people really appreciate it when you when you genuinely want to help and care. And it's not like I'm not trying to say we're all everyone's savior. <laughs> Only God could do that. But 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 what we are are people who genuinely want to care about other people. I think it starts there. I think I just think it starts small. And that over time, that that can pervade the culture if enough of us are doing that. You know, I I, I agree, Dave Plisky. I'm gonna throw it over to Joe, but I, I will say this: one thing I'm tired of, I'm I'm tired of hearing some out there okay that that kind of they if they don't outright say it they kind of imply if you're not getting in everybody's face and telling them that their worldview is wrong whether you talked about situational appropriateness earlier you know if you're not blasting everybody at thanksgiving dinner that they need to go to come back to the catholic church or convert to the catholic church you're not doing your job i'm not actually exaggerating that by the way i've kind of heard that it's like how come we're not bringing this up at barbecues and thanksgiving dinner i I think that is a terrible approach. I think what you just said is spot on. It's somewhere we in want between. To, it's somewhere well, in between those. It's things, somewhere right? in between. You should be able to bring up these conversations at the yeah. barbecue. We at don't want to be. Yeah, we don't want to say we're those people who can't bring up politics or religion, uh, but we also don't want to be breathing down anyone's neck because that's just going to turn people off. Right, and I think I, your I approach is one time is salt. Salt tastes good when it's sprinkled. You don't pour the whole thing of salt on your steak. Then you well, that's it. why I like the way Dave put it. Uh, Dave Plisky joining us at the front line with Joe and Joe. People will respond when they believe you're actually listening to them. All people come to their conclusions, er erroneously or not. They, they've they've been on some journey that brought them to certain conclusions on religion, on politics, on culture, on all of it. Okay, and people do appreciate it when someone is, and they could tell when yeah. someone's actually listening to them and perhaps yeah. addressing the questions they have and answering them in a very clear way and that's what comes you know I, I think i think it's the it, best way no, to do it if you see someone uh that you feel like is is earlier on in the spiritual journey than you are if you don't approach that person with empathy because you've been there we've all already been to that earlier stage if you don't approach them with empathy it's just going to come across as condescending and that you don't care you know i i i think i think that's absolutely spot on joe resinello well, I think just to, you know, piggyback off some of those thoughts, I think it comes down to joy and it comes down to like, ultimately, how is your life going? I mean, without God at the center of a life, any life, there's something missing. That's just a fact. And those of us who are practicing Catholics, you know, by the grace of God, who are in a state of grace by the grace of God, you're different. We have to be willing to be different in the world, but not of the world. And that's where I think the heart of this study, which, which why it jumped out at me, not enough of us are willing to do that. Like, you can't be like everybody else. Like, I work in banking, but I go to mass at work, and everyone knows it. I don't shout it from the rooftop, but at 12 o'clock, I'm not around Where's Joe? He's at mass. I don't have to tell people. They know. And I'm not ashamed of it. We are not willing to be different as Catholics. Our life, the way we live, how many of us don't want to have kids? Or we have no kid, two kids. You know, like, like, like we want the nice cars. I like nice cars, but I have five kids and I can't afford a nice car. Like, 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 this is the truth. And we as Catholics just aren't willing to go there. I think if we were, people 
would respond. I mean, both your comments, we're just as a group. Now, there are people who do. Don't get me wrong. You know, and there are people, I'll be honest, I try my best. I could do better. Um, but I don't, I have eyes. My whole street, no one goes to church. They're all baptized. I know it. I'm the only family and I'm not, who cares? No one goes to church. Like, that's the minimum that we got to be doing. Well, I love Dave's comments on that. You know, I think you're, I think you're right. I think some people um, feel that, you know, their experience when they do go to church is that this is, and I'm not saying that this is true, but I think this is a lot of people's experience that this is irrelevant. I don't know. I don't know how this applies to to my life. Dave, I think you're right. Spot on. It's funny you say that. I don't want to cut you off, but you're right. I say this to my wife because I have kids, people who have kids, they do stuff with their kids. Why? Because they see benefit upside. I want my kid to play football. I want my kid to play an instrument. I want my kid to learn another language. Why? Upside. That's just how people think. They don't see the benefit. That's mistake number one. Why? Because without the sacramental life, Jesus Christ said this, we're dead. He said that. Jesus said that. Without me, you have no life within you. The world isn't convinced of that. Yeah. But it's yeah, because, true. Yeah, it's it's because we're so we're so always looking for that instantaneous gratification that that's that short term reward. You know, this is the soul operates at a slower pace than our mind than our body. It just does, and we don't slow down enough to 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 contemplate that most of the time. You know, I no, think I we, we were talking think... about you were talking about okay, how please. adoration. I just want to say, I, I, I you were talking about how adoration can transform a parish. You know, why I think adoration works so well these days. Because we're always on, we're always on our devices, and we're we're so we're so just constantly uh, there's there's always input uh, constantly hitting us at, in, at at all times, and so for I think for a lot of people when you go to adoration, that's not just an hour with the Lord, that's an hour off of your device for a, for a second. I mean, even even in prayer time we often use digital aids in our in our in our prayer and so forth. So this is like actually disconnected time. It getting back to, you know, the I, I think we're slowing down to 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 the level to the pace that our our soul kind of exists at. I, I think I think one of the biggest along the lines of what both of you were saying, I think one of the one of the biggest things we could do in terms of being that different let's keep it with America, that different kind of America, American, is in our own lives. Slow it down, dude. Slow it down. Yeah, okay, I could go out and get another job, a side gig, making another 50, 60 grand a year, or work work seven days a week at work, making another 80 grand a year. Slow it down, dude. For what? Take take a little, yeah, exactly. Take a little time. You make enough money, okay? You got it going on, okay? Slow down. We as Catholics should be a really good example to the rest of the country. If we would just do that, start there. Just yeah, these here, everybody, everybody, Dave, I'm guilty. We're guilty. Last week when I was in church for an hour, that I mentioned to you, I had to get there an hour ahead of time to go to confession, and for 20 minutes I prayed the rosary with my wife and my son, and for the other 40 minutes till the priest came, I just shut up and looked at the tabernacle. I just shut my mouth, okay, and did not have my phone. I don't take my phone in church. I think it's a really good example 
that, that we could give to the rest of the country if we as Catholics would just slow down, stop buying everything in sight, stop subscribing to every secular news outlet and Hollywood outlet, whatever it might be, and just take it down a notch and focus on important things. Um, Joe Racinello, go ahead. We don't have a, a much time left, so I'm going to hand it over to you. I want to talk about post-pandemic decline in mass attendance, because I think this study is directed towards that um, and can help a lot of parishes with regard to that. First, let's talk about why that took place. I think a lot of people went to church, um, cultural Catholics, like we're Italian, you're Italian, you eat pasta on Sunday, you go to church. That's just what you do. You know what I mean? That's what I did as a kid. They don't think about it. Now, all of a sudden, you didn't go. And, and to your point, Dave, people said, well, why was I going? I wasn't getting anything out of it. Um, masses have declined. Why? Because people don't know that Jesus is in the Eucharist. The Pew Research study tells us that only 31% of Catholics recognize Christ as, you know, as being in the Eucharist. Talk about how this study can help this issue. Um, because to be honest with you, I think it could point out some serious, like, tweaks that I think pastors can address. Let's take it back to marketing terms one more time. If 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 the church was a company, then churches, you know, the church, capital C was a company, then churches, parishes are the storefronts. And the experience at a lot of storefronts, so if you're if you're in if you're in retail, right? The the, the store, the storefront has got to be ready to go, right? It's got to be clean. You have to have salespeople on the floor. You have to, you know, you gotta have the products in stock, et cetera, et cetera. Is that what mass is like in a lot of cases? If we if we can take this analogy over, do we do we feel like our liturgies are, you know, all of that, or 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 is it not? And yes, I recognize that if if Jesus Christ is present in the in the, in the Holy Eucharist, then any mass is worth any, is much more than than any other experience on earth. But if we don't believe that, or if people are really not aware of that, and it's not on their mind, then what they have is is the the rest of the worldly experience of the liturgy, which is complex. It's um, it's it it's it's I don't know. It's 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 not always. Uh, it can be off putting at times. So I so I guess what I would contend is that. I don't think mass is the is the right first step for a lot of people when it comes to the Catholic faith. I think that a lot of conversion happens in one-on-one experiences and in small group settings. And so if you get to the point where you're in making the invitation to to come and see uh wh- whatever that might mean, I got to say, I don't unless unless this is a like recently lapsed Catholic who really gets it and just went through some weird stuff. I I really think that uh, another place uh, that that's more full of personal encounter with others is a better place to start, so that they can start to be evangelized before they before they before they recognize the need to 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 experience the sacraments again. I, I actually I, agree with you there. I I think you're right. Um, because people, especially at a mass, you, you know, people don't want to be preached to. Um, and I think we could do a better job as Catholics to have more community. We don't have that. Yes. Like other denominations, and I think that's why people who don't believe in the true presence will leave the Catholic Church. Because we don't have that, like, fellowship deal going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yes. oh, like the Pentecostals on Saturday, they go here, and the Baptists have this gig, and the Methodists do this. Joe, I, we, only, Joe we, mm-hmm. we only have time for one more question, but I, I want to ask it. Um, Dave, what is the 
and I know this is hard to do to your brother in about a minute or a minute and a half that we have left. What is the role of specifically Catholic men in your view to move this conversation forward, to, to, to help in this effort, not, not just in the spiritual battle, but to help our fellow Catholics, men and women lapsed, not lapsed. What is the role specifically of Catholic men? I think as men, we are um, less quick to be vulnerable uh, about ourselves, right? I think that we um, that we hide behind um, the facade that we put on. So I would say this: get some of your other your guy friends around. That doesn't matter if they're Catholic or not, uh, and say, "Look, I, I need to talk to you about my faith." You know, and maybe and 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 and, um, and whether if you have a small group setting for that already, awesome. If you don't, this is the beginning of that. You need this. You need a small group. You need to be able to be vulnerable with the guys that you trust. If you don't have that, and you don't know, you, you you're thinking through your friends. I I don't even know who I would go to. Then chances are a parish, your parish or a parish near you has something like this where you you know whether it's the Curcio movement or whatever else even Knights of Columbus maybe can do this you know whatever whatever men's groups exist i think you need this because uh we've got to be able to have a place to to regularly speak with others about our faith and just whatever else comes up in in a in a place with people who share our our values and our beliefs Absolutely. Dave Plisky, thank you so much for that. One more time, Dave, uh, where can our listeners learn more about the study and the sales media in general and what you're doing? Sure. You can go to desalesmedia.org. That's desales, like St. Francis desales, D-E-S-A-L-E-S media.org slash discipleship. If you want to download the whole report for free, you can also find on our website a way to get in touch with us. Um, I, I respond to those emails personally, so I'd love to hear from anyone who wants to uh, reach out. That'd be great. Awesome. Dave Flisky, thank you so much for being with us at the front line with Joe and Joe. This was a great conversation and you're welcome back on this program anytime, brother. Thank you so much, guys. God you're bless. welcome. And thank you all out there. God bless you. And thank you all out there for joining us here at the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. Download the app and share it with your friends. You got Bishop Caggiano, you got Joe and Joe, you got Restless, and we are an EWTN affiliate. So you get all EWTN programming, share it with your friends. And if you like what Joe and I do, primarily on social media, you can find us at The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube. The Frontline with Joe and Joe on YouTube. Please like, subscribe, share, do all that fun stuff, help us out. And remember until the next time that our conversation is your conversation and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon. 